Shalom and welcome brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. You know, it's time that we talked about a few things concerning the world we're living in. We know that we're not of the world, but certainly we're still here in the world. And, you know, some things are changing quickly around us. And this isn't this isn't stuff I've really talked about too often, um, but I think it's time. I think um, it's absolutely time. So we need to talk about this. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to put this out up front. I don't have all the answers. Uh, that's the, but the good news is the Most High does, and He has His Word written down for us to uh, reprove, give instruction, to guide us, um, well, to give us our answers to our questions, quite frankly. And, um, you know, this is actually what's going on right now has happened before, and uh, there's a story writ- uh, within scriptures that most most of us have no idea about. And it's a, it's a scripture that, um, or at least it's a chapter that I haven't read in maybe over a year. And last night, I was uh, just practicing on the guitar. And as I was playing, this chapter like just came alive uh, in, in my mind. And I hadn't thought of this in so long. And so I, I believe I, I, it was put in my mind to just share this with you all. Um, because this way here, what we're looking at, is is just the beginning and let me um let me preface this by saying you know this this what is happening uh, you know we shouldn't fear and i'm not going to sit here and fear monger because you know that's exactly what the when moshe sent the 12 uh, spies to spy out the land uh, you only had two you only had two that gave a good report uh and had you know faith and the other 10 were just too scared of uh, the enemy, essentially. They're like, no, we can't, you know, this is too big for us. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're scared. And that's not what this is going to be about at all. Uh, quite frankly, the opposite. But a few things need to be addressed. And let's talk, uh, let's talk scripture. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What is it that has been, that shall be. So what's been before, it'll be again. And what is it that hath been, been done that which shall be done and there is no new thing under the sun none of this is new they may the enemy may uh, refine his approach and change some of his tactics but there's as the scripture reads brothers and sisters there is nothing new under the sun and we have to really understand that and uh, and believe that Couple things. Proverbs twenty two three says, "A prudent man foreseeth the evil, and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished." And if that was enough, in the very same book, a few chapters later, the exact same thing is said again: "A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished." Now, was that an accident, or do you think that was written there twice on purpose? I think. Everything in the Word is done on purpose, so uh, maybe we should take heed. Let's take a look at a few of examples in the Scriptures as to what needs to happen and what our plan should be going forward. That's the name of this uh, um, study, is the plan moving forward, because, um, you know, what does the Scripture say? Uh, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, and quite frankly, when there's no direction, there's no guidance, um, the people go the same way. And so let's let the scripture give us some guidance as to where we need to go from here, because this is just the beginning. Hebrews eleven six through 39. This is, uh, people call this the hall of faith. 
But without faith, or we can call it faithfulness, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to Elohim must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them, seek him. Sorry. By faith, Noah, being warned of Elohim of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Or we should probably more translate it as faithfulness. By faithfulness, Avraham, when he was called out to go into a place which he should, after receive an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. And, you know, what we're going to continue to see is the patriarchs of old, those that had faith, or better translated as faithfulness in the Most High, acted. And I think at this point, any of us can see what's coming in the world around us that's changing very, very quickly. None of you, um, there's probably not one of you that hasn't been affected in some way with this and what's coming. And, um, you know, we can sit here and talk about this all day long, but we really don't need to. We don't need to sit here and talk about the enemy and their plans all day long. But we do need to see what's coming, and we need to, quite frankly, be as Messiah Husha said. He said to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And I think that we should really take hold of those words. So we need to act, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Yitzchak and Yaakov, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is Elohim. And boy, is that powerful. If you don't understand what that's actually saying, he's essentially looking for the city of Elohim, the New Jerusalem. He knew that he was a stranger in that land, and quite frankly, so are we. And we are looking for our inheritance, our land of promise, which is going to be New Jerusalem, uh, to which Messiah Husha will rule and reign for a thousand years. And that is what we're looking forward to as well. So again, we're in this world, but not of this world. Most of you know that uh, scripture very well already. Anyways, um, we can uh, we can continue to go and read about all the patriarchs. Uh, let me just skip down here. Um, by faith, Moshe, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Are you going to be afraid of the king's commandment? Or are you going to do take the steps necessary? Because the king's commandment was that Moses was to be taken and killed. Um, but they acted. And for the things that are coming on this earth, are you going to sit idly and let them happen to you, or are you going to take action? And we're going to talk about what that looks, what that might look like. By faith, Moshe, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of Elohim than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Anyways, we can keep going, but um, just amazing, amazing um, examples for us to to follow, which is to take action and to have faithfulness. Again, I think the word faith has been really misunderstood and mistranslated to just, oh yeah, I believe, you know, I believe in, I believe in God. Um, I believe in his son he sent me and that's it. That's where it ends. And that's, that's quite frankly, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, that's a false faith. That's a, uh, as James says, faith without works is dead. 
And what, uh, verse 32, and what shall I say more for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David and of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith or faithfulness subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead risen to, li- risen to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, eh? moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. But we have. We have received the promise. Messiah Yahushua, the Word, to whom we believe and are reconciled back to the Father. And we have the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, which was prophesied to help us keep the Father's commandments. Let's keep going. The... The story I want to read, the the story, the chapter that came to mind last night, it was clear as day. It's from a book called The Book of Jasher. And I know this is a highly contested book. And before you click off, just hear me out on just a few things before you, before you leave. Let's reason with one another. Let's read a few verses real quick. Joshua 10, 13, And the sun stood still, which that's very interesting if you continue to believe in uh, the heliocentric model that uh, modern-day science teaches us. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? Now, some people would say Jasher is a, a person, but this is Yashar, this is the upright, the book of the upright. So the sun stood still in the midst of the heaven, and hastened not to go down about a whole day. That's Joshua 10.13. 2 Samuel 1.18. Also he bade them to teach the children of Yehuda the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Yashar, the book of the upright. Now, where is that in the book of Yashar? Here we are, book of Yashar, chapter 56. We'll start at verse 7. And on the next day, Yaakov again called for his sons, and they all assembled and came to him and sat before him. And Yaakov on that, blessed, uh, on that day blessed his sons before his death. Each man did he bless according to his blessing. Behold, it is written in the book of the Torah of Yahuwah pertaining Israel. And Yaakov said unto Yehuda, I know, my son, that thou art a mighty man for thy brethren. Reign over them, and thy sons shall reign over their sons forever. Now listen. Only teach thy sons the bow and all the weapons of war in order that they may fight the battles of their brothers who will rule over his enemies. So here you have, um, he bade them teach the children of Yehuda the bow. And here it is right here. When he's talking to Judah or Yehuda, only teach thy sons the bow. So there it is. Um, so what we're going to be, re- I only showed you these just to show you that uh, there is scriptural evidence that this is the legitimate book of Yashar that is mentioned twice in the scriptures and alluded to in many different instances. So let's, uh, if if you don't want to proceed, I understand. Uh, but for those of you that are willing to test this, uh, follow, uh, li- listen to the words we're about to read. This is the book of Jasher, chapter 65, which came alive in my mind last night. Praise be to the Most High. And it came to pass after these things that all the counselors of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all the elders of Egypt assembled and came before the king and bowed down to the ground, and they sat before him. And let me just pause here really quickly. If we, when we read um, the Torah and we finish in Genesis 
and then it picks up in Egypt. You go from Joseph, you know, uh, from Joseph ruling and and um, everything is great, and then you you just get into Exodus and. All of a sudden, all the children of Israel are in captivity, and they've got hard bondage and labor, and you know it. It makes it seem like it just happened overnight, but that's not how it happened. We have to we have to be reason with one another that these are the children and grandchildren of uh, these powerful prophets and children of Abraham and Isaac and, and Yaakov. These are the men that. Uh, you know, two of them would go in and slay thousands on their own. These are very powerful men. And if you read the book of Jasher, you'll see that there's tons of wars that they were part of to where you had the 11 sons of Yaakov and Yaakov himself going and take on entire armies. You know, I mean, that shouldn't be too uh, uh, that shouldn't be too alarming for us when we have Abraham and his 318 servants go and subdue five entire armies in one night. And we know that none of this would happen without the power uh, coming from the Most High. The Most High is the one that does this. But these are righteous men keeping the commandments of the Most High, and He empowered them to do these things. Imagine, imagine what would happen for us, brothers and sisters, if we would actually hearken to the voice of the Most High and keep His commandments like our forefathers did way, way before us. So anyways, what this is going to show you is what happened between the death of Joseph and the children of Israel going into complete slavery. Let's talk about that, and that's going to have a lot to do with the days that we're living in right now because I don't care if you want to call America or even the world, for that matter, Egypt or Babylon. Fine. They're one or the other. They're both. Um, I personally believe that America is Rome 2.0, and it is acting like a modern-day Egypt. Uh, you have the majority of the, the lost 10 tribes that have migrated here, um, and this is a cesspool, quite frankly, for all the tribes of, of Israel. And even if uh, our, even if our uh, blood relatives weren't uh, one of the remnant of the, t the lost 10 tribes, or even the lost 12 tribes for that matter, um, those of you that are listening more than likely have been grafted in um, through faith in Messiah, Husha, and the, the continuance and keeping of his Torah. So you're part of the crew, uh, you're part of the family, regardless of your uh, blood lineage, but nevertheless, this pertains, the story remains uh, for Egypt and the children of Israel, and we're in the exact same spot uh, that they were thousands of years ago, and let me explain. And the counselors and elders of Egypt spoken to the king, saying, Behold, the people of the children of Israel is greater and mightier than we are, and thou knowest all the evil which they did to us in the road when we returned from the battle. And what that's what happened here was there was a battle where Egypt and Israel went together, and uh, Egypt, the Egyptians were, were afraid, and they, they were cowards, and they fled the battle, and the children of Israel uh, reproved them for doing so kind of shamed them for doing so, and rightly so. Uh, they, they fled from the face of these large armies, but the children of Israel, through the power of the Most High, took care of business, uh, and not one of them died. And um, verse 4, And thou hast also, and, and brother, also really quickly, it says, Behold, the children, of, uh, the children of Israel is greater and mightier than we are, and we know that the families that are the elites, as they call them, that are running this world are very few. And if the entire populations would wake up uh, and and you know reject their policies, it'd be over in a second. But we know that's not what that's not what's going to happen uh, because the veil is over the eyes of the masses, and the veil that has been lifted have been lifted off just a very few that the Most High has selected for whatever reason. And so that's why we give all glory to Him because He's the one that's uh, giving wisdom in these last days. 
Verse 4, And thou hast seen their strong power, for this power is unto them from their fathers. Right? Because again, we saw what, uh, what Levi and Simeon did to the entire town of Shechem. They killed thousands of people just like that. Uh, Abraham and his 318 servants, five entire armies, gone. See ya. Um, and many more examples. And again, I am here to ask you, uh, if we were to come together as a people and we were to start keeping the commandments of the Most High, um, they know, the enemy knows what would happen. And that's why they suppress, that's why they kill, torment, suppress, tax, um, uh, and quite frankly have put all of us in servitude. In in uh, modern day servitude, it comes in many forms. Uh, we're in servitude to, uh, and a lot of us are coming out of things like this. But their education systems, their medical systems, uh, their monetary systems, um, their science. I mean, everything, all the things they teach puts you in a mental type of slavery. Let's talk about uh, debt. You know, they've put all of us in slavery, and we've all been in a form of bondage. Uh, and it's time to start coming out of these things, brothers and sisters. Because they know, they know, just like as they found out through Balaam, they cannot curse us themselves. However, like Balaam found out, he couldn't directly curse Israel, but he wanted his reward. He wanted the riches that the king was going to give him, so he found a way. And what did he do? He put a stumbling block before them and had the children of Israel curse themselves. That's why you see what's going on all over TV. That's why you see all these nasty images on TV. That's why they're teaching... Um, their doctrines through the television. That's why in music they have Satan's doctrines being sung and, and loved by the masses because he's getting people to curse themselves. He knows, he knows what to do. And thou hast seen their strong power, for this power is unto them from their fathers. For but a few men stood up against a people numerous as the sand, and smote them at the edge of the sword, and of themselves not one has fallen, so that if they had been numerous, they would have been utterly destroyed them. Now therefore give us counsel what to do with them. So the, the rulers of Egypt were scared of these people because of what they could do. Until we gradually destroy them from among us, lest they should become too numerous for us in the land. For if the children of Israel should increase in the land, they will become an obstacle to us. And if any war should happen to take place, they with their great strength will join our enemy against us and fight us and destroy us from off the land and go away from it. Which quite frankly is interesting. This is exactly what's going to happen when Messiah Husha comes with New Jerusalem and we're gathered. Guess what's going to happen? Exactly what this verse just said. Exactly the same thing that Joshua and the army did when they went into the land. So the king answered the elders of Egypt and said unto them, This is the plan, this is the plan advised against Israel, from which we will not depart. Behold, in the land are Python and Ramesses, cities unfortified against battle. It behooves you and us to build them and to fortify them. Now, therefore, go you also and act cunningly, right? We know what that word cunningly, it's like with stealth, with subtlety, with deceit, right? So deal deceitfully with them, uh, toward them, and proclaim a voice in Egypt and in Goshen at the command of the king, saying, All ye men of Egypt, Goshen, Pathros, and all their inhabitants, the king has commanded us to build Python and Ramesses and to fortify them for battle, who amongst you of all Egypt, of the children of Israel, and of all the inhabitants of the cities are willing to build with us, shall each have his wages given to him daily at the king's order. So go ye first and do cunningly and gather yourselves and come to Python and Ramesses to build. So what's going on here? Now, is the elite going to gather us and have us build cities? Probably not. That's, that's not the point here. But 
again, all the enemy has to do is take the same thought process as, and just shift uh, the narrative to fit modern day times. Um, and so what we have here is uh, they're basically selling fear. And they're like, you got to listen to us uh, because of because of XX, because of fear, right? And so what is the world doing right now? They're selling fear. I mean, you can't turn on the, the news or look at, uh, uh, you know, Google News or anything without seeing uh, just the, the fear, the constant fear being sold and always, you know, that un, that, that, that hero, the coming hero, which is going to be the vaccine and, and all these kind of things. And any anyone that's watched, uh, you know, this channel at all, uh, I fully believe that, that the mark uh, is actually more so a spiritual than something physical, but I'm also here to unequivocally say that uh, we as the children of the Most High uh, should absolutely not uh, be vaccinating and putting these abominations into our bodies, um, but that's for another time. But when, you know, going back to, you know, the, the apparatus that they want you to put on your, on your faces and whatnot, uh, I think is a, um, a symbol uh, of, of, of um, servitude, it's a symbol of submission and hearkening unto their word and hearkening unto their fear. And some of you might say, "Well, you know, Adam, uh, you know, I got this job and I have to wear it, and or, or, or I'm doing this or that, and I have to because." I get it. I understand. We'll talk more about that. Just hang on to that thought process for just a moment, and we'll address that in just a moment. So, anyways, they're selling fear, right? Listen to what we're saying because of fear. And whilst you are building, cause a proclamation of this kind to be made throughout Egypt every day at the command of the king. And uh, we might see more commands of the kings of the land uh, coming very soon. And when some of the children of Israel shall come to build with you, you shall give them their wages daily for a few days. This reminds me of maybe what's coming, like a universal income or uh, whatever, you know. And uh, they may that do the, that for some days, but, um, you know, eventually uh, have you rely on that and then... Pull out the rug. And after they shall have built with you for their daily hire, drag yourselves away from them daily one by one in secret. So this is the Egyptians talking amongst themselves. So initially they're saying we're going to work with the Israelites, but day by day we're going to slowly pull away, right, in secret. And then you shall rise up and become their taskmasters and officers, and you shall leave them afterward to build without wages. And should they refuse, then force them with all your might to build, right? So then we're going to punish them. Then we're going to whip them. We're going to scourge them. We're going to scare them to death. And so what you see here is a cunning, uh, cunning plan of the enemy to slowly in stages uh, turn up the heat per se. A lot of you have heard that um, that old saying that, you know, how do you boil a, a, a live frog? Well, if you get the water boiling and you toss them in, they'll jump right out. But if you put them in lukewarm water and you turn on the heat and it's slowly, they'll just slowly boil to death, right? And so that is what the enemy is doing and has been doing for generations. I mean, again, go back to the television, go back to music, go back to... Um, just things have been progressing over the years and slowly have been changing the minds of the masses towards their will. And if you do this, it will be well with us to strengthen our land against the children of Israel. For on account of the fatigue of the building and the work, the children of Israel will decrease because you will deprive them from their daily wives, from their wives day by day. 
And all the elders of Egypt heard the counsel of the king, and the counsel seemed good in their eyes, and in the eyes of the servants of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all Egypt, and they did according to the word of the king. And all the servants went away from the king, and they caused a proclamation to be made in all Egypt, in Tachaphanes, and in Goshen, and in all the cities which surrounded Egypt, saying, You have seen what the children of Esau and Ishmael did to us, who came to war against us and wished to destroy us. So again, they're selling fear. They're like, fear, fear, everybody. Be afraid, you know, this sickness, this disease, people are dying, the hospitals are filling and blah. Is it really happening? Now, therefore, the king commanded us to fortify the land, to build the cities of Python and Ramesses and to fortify them for battle that they should again come against us. Fear, 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 put on this thing. It's going to, it's, it's going to protect your fellow person. Don't you care about people around you? Don't you care about them? Just put it on. Whosoever of you from all Egypt and from the children of Israel will come to build with us, he shall have his daily wages given by the king as his command is unto us. And when Egypt and all the children of Israel heard all that the servants of Pharaoh had spoken, there came from the Egyptians and the children of Israel to build with the servants of Pharaoh, Python, and Ramesses. But none of the children, listen to this. This is actually the, this is the, this is the point of this, this study. But none of the children of Levi came with their brethren to build we're going we're gonna to get back to this here in just a moment. Keep that in your mind. That all the children of Israel went, like, just like, you know, just listening to their word, listening to the fear. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the war is coming. And yeah, we do need to, we do need to protect ourselves. We do need to uh, uh, hearken to this fear and the commandment of the king. But again, none of the children of Levi came with their brethren to build. Remember this. Verse 21, And all the servants of Pharaoh and his princes came at first with deceit to build with all Israel as daily hired laborers, and they gave to Israel their daily hire at the beginning. And the servants of Pharaoh built with all Israel and were employed in that work with Israel for a month. And at the end of the month, all the servants of Pharaoh began to withdraw secretly from the people of Israel daily. Now, you know, this whole thought process of dealing with the, the children of Israel cunningly and in secret, uh, I'm, I believe it. We're living in a time where uh, just about every single world leader is part of the brotherhood, the secret societies, the uh, the hidden hand, if you will. And they're all working together. There's no surprises in, in politics these days. All these things are planned. All these things are thought about. You know, they, they, they've, they've got you fooled. If you think that, oh, these politicians are just so dumb. They're just so, um, I can't believe how dumb they're. Oh, boy, they've got you fooled. They have all these things planned out way in advance. And the joke's on you. Time to come out of these devices, brothers and sisters. Time to come out of these uh, these plans and organizations that the enemy has to ensnare you and your family. Verse 24, And Israel went on with the work at that time, but then they received their daily hire because some of the men of Egypt were yet carrying on with the work with Israel at that time. Therefore, the Egyptians gave Israel their hire in those days in order that they, the Egyptians, their fellow workmen, might also take the pay for their labor. And at the end of a year and four months, interesting time frame, all the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel so that the children of Israel were left alone engaged in the work. So again, just deceitfully and in phases, slowly, 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 slowly did they work on, uh, you know, on the, the children of Israel. So it's a mask, it's a mask today, it's a vaccine tomorrow, uh, and then what, right? You can keep making excuses and say, well, um, you know, I, I've got this job and I've got this house payment, I've got... I hear you, and I'm not here to be able to answer everybody's questions and their individual issues with what they have in their life. The only thing I'm here to say 
is what the word to share with you is what the word of the Most High says. And after all the Egyptians had withdrawn from the children of Israel, they returned and became oppressors and officers over them. And some of them stood over the children of Israel as taskmasters to receive from them all that they gave them for the pay of their labor. And the Egyptians did in this manner to the children of Israel day by day in order to afflict in their work. And all the children of Israel were alone engaged in the labor, and the Egyptians refrained from giving any pay to the children of Israel from that time forward. And when some of the men of Israel refused to work on account of the wages not being given to them, then the exactors and the servants of Pharaoh oppressed them and smote them with heavy blows and made them return by force and to labor with their uh, brethren. Thus did all the Egyptians unto the children of Israel all the days. So you know, brothers and sisters, um, these days could be coming again. Uh, again, I think a lot of the suppression or the oppression of modern-day Egypt now is more of a mental oppression and a physical and a spiritual oppression. However, who's to say these other things aren't coming? And again, I'm telling you these things not to fear the enemy and to, to fear the giants of the land. I'm here to say that we need to hearken to the word of the Most High, and we'll get to what that actually looks like here in a second. And all the children of Israel were greatly afraid of the Egyptians in this manner, and all the children of Israel returned and worked alone without pay. So they were being oppressed. Why? I'm not here to condemn them, but because they were hearkening to the king, right? And they went along with these plans, uh, these plans of deceit. And here I'm saying that we're living in a time when the deceits of the enemies are being expo exposed for those that have eyes and ears uh, to, to, to see and to hear. And the Most High is showing you what's coming to pass before it happens. And the children of Israel built Python and Ramesses, and all the children of Israel did the work, some making bricks and some building. And the children of Israel built and fortified all the land of Egypt and its walls. And the children of Israel were engaged in work for many years until the time came when Yahuwah remembered them and brought them out of Egypt. Quite frankly, we're waiting for the exact same thing. And I'll show you scripture to prove that. Now listen, this is this is this verse is uh these two verses are really the crux of why um I felt the most high wanted me to come on and share this with you today. Verse 32, but the children of Levi were not employed in the work with their brethren of Israel from the beginning unto the day of their going forth from Egypt. Did you see what that just said? The, the entire tribe of Levi were not involved with these labors in this, and in this bondage and oppression. Here's why. For all the children of Levi knew that the Egyptians had spoken all these words with deceit to the Israelites. Therefore, the children of Levi refrained from approaching to the work with their brethren. Now listen. And the Egyptians did not direct their attention to make the children of Levi work afterward, since they had not been with their brethren at the beginning. Therefore, the Egyptians left them alone. Do you want to be left alone? I know I want to be left alone. I don't want to go like a lemming, like a like like a, the flock to the slaughter. So I say, again, I say, it's just this today, but what is it tomorrow? What is this? What is this leading us toward? What is this stair stepping us toward? Whose commandment are we hearkening to? I want to read this again. But the children of Levi were not employed in the work. They were not employed. They were not, basically, this is saying they were not uh, included in the afflictions, right? And the, the torment and the bondage that the other children of Israel were, were engaged in. So again, the children of Levi were not employed in the work with their brethren of Israel from the beginning unto the day of their going forth from Egypt. Not one of them. 
For all the children of Levi knew that the Egyptians had spoken all these words with deceit to the Israelites. You know they're lying to you. You know you know that what they're selling to you is falsehood. Why are you hearkening to them? Just so you don't make some waves? Therefore the children of Levi refrained from approaching to the work with their brethren, and the Egyptians did not direct their attention to make the children of Levi work afterward, since they had not been with their brethren at the beginning. Therefore the Egyptians left them alone. And the hands of the men of Egypt were directed with continued severity against the children of Israel in their work, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel work with rigor. And the Egyptians embittered the lives of the children of Israel with hard work in mortar and in bricks, and also in all manner of work in the field. And the children of Israel called Melol, the king of Egypt, Meror, which is bitterness, king of Egypt, because in his days the Egyptians had embittered their lives with all manner of work. And all the work wherein the Egyptians made the children of Israel labor, they exacted with rigor in order to afflict the children of Israel. But the more they afflicted them, the more they increased and grew, and the Egyptians were grieved because of the children of Israel. So what's the but point of this story? What's the moral of this story? Well, a lot of us understand what the book of Revelation teaches, that uh, those that are, are found worthy uh, and have faith, are faithfulness and works, they shall be as kings and priests. We know that the Levites were the priests, and they were diligent in this matter, and they hid themselves. Again, going back to what did Proverbs say? A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So what does that look like? You know, what if, you know, what if, what if the mark is both spiritual and physical? What if there's a spiritual aspect to it as in, um, you know, we know what the, the Shema says that the keeping of the Torah, the keeping of the commandments shall be as a sign upon our hand and as frontlets between our eyes. Uh, no coincidence that the mark of the beast is something that's on your hand or in your forehead. That's the spiritual part about it. Uh, physically, there may be something. There may be a declaration, a proclamation of the king saying, you know, if you want to continue in commerce, you're going to have to do this, this, and this. And I know most of us are ready to say no to that, but I'm here to also ask you that if you're going along with this and, you know, eh, it's not a big deal. You know, it's just, it's just a mask. It's just this. It's just that. Um, you know, what do the children of Israel say that we just read? Oh, you know, they're right. You know, the king is right. There, there's fear. You know, we, we should be afraid. Um, so let us let us uh, hearken to the commandment of the king. And we saw where that led to. Now, I'm also here to say that we serve the living Elohim that can protect us anywhere that we are. Uh, you can be living in an, a skyrise apartment in New York City and he can protect you. Right. But I also believe that he's given us plenty of warning of what's to come. And that we should act. And again, I can't, uh, I, I can't possibly imagine every single scenario of yours out there. Uh, you, you could be living in that apartment right now and ask yourself, well, how am I gonna, how am I going to, uh, um, you know, escape all these things? How am I gonna survive? That's between. That's something that you're gonna have to take up with the Most High yourself. I'm not your daddy. I'm not even your teacher. I'm not even your leader. I'm just a, a brother with a microphone uh, sharing what I believe the Most High has put on my heart. So that's something that you're going to have to figure out for yourselves. But those of you that are in the cities and and uh, are, uh, you know, if the food supply stopped in one day or in, in, in a matter of weeks, you know, what would you do? Uh, I think that the Most High has given us uh, ample warnings as to what's what's coming. So, you know, if there's a time for you to make pro make preparations and provisions, and I, I think now is the time. 
Uh, I really do. Uh, who knows? I mean, this thing, these things could unbuckle in weeks or it could be another 20 years from now. I, I have no idea. Um, I haven't heard from the most high on that, so I really don't know. The only thing I do know is that we should be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, and we should act wisely like the children of Levi did when the, these proclamations of the king started to uh, started to come down. So we earlier I said that, you know, especially here in the United States, I know we have uh, many brothers and sisters all across the, the four corners of this earth, and this applies to you as well. Um, we know we know certainly that the children of Israel would be scattered to the four corners of the earth. Matter of fact, I didn't include this in the study, but we need to. It's, uh, and it's actually a prophecy that we would be scattered all throughout Deuteronomy 30, now all, now when all these things shall come upon you, either the blessing or the curse which I have set before you, and shall return into thine heart among all the nations whither Yahweh the Elohim hath driven you. So he's saying that we're going to be scattered throughout all the nations, and shall return unto Yahweh your Elohim, and obey his voice, and all that I command you this day, obeying his voice has always been hearkening to his commandments. You and your children with all your heart and all with all your soul, then Yahweh your Elohim will cause thy captives to return and have compassion on you, and will return to gather you out of all the people where Yahweh the Elohim hath scattered you. So he can if you're just if you're sitting there like, well, how am I going to escape famine and, and the death and sword uh, sitting in this high rise uh, apartment in New York City? Um, you know, he can protect us anywhere. Uh, but I also believe that we need to in some way, shape or form be like those patriarchs of old that not only, you know, believed in Elohim, but took action when uh, when we foresee the evil coming. Then Yahweh Elohim will cause the captives to return and have compassion on you and will return and gather you out of all the peoples where Yahweh Elohim has scattered you. Though thou wert cast unto the utmost part of heaven, so you can be anywhere, from thence Yahweh Elohim will gather you and from thence will he take you. And truly that's that's going to be the case. And maybe uh, maybe those that are not uh, able to uh, flee the persecution, maybe they'll have to endure some persecution, but maybe they'll still be gathered. Who knows? I don't know exactly how this goes down. I'm just only here to share uh, what was laid on my heart is kind of a, a warning, a watchman's warning, if you will. But uh, going back here, going back to the thought process is whether we're blood relatives or or or, or we have been grafted in to Israel, uh, you who believe in the Most High and His Son that He sent and keep His commandments, you are Israel, whether you understand it or not. Two Esdras thirteen forty through forty six. Two Esdras was a book that was included in the sixteen eleven KJV, the fifteen ninety nine Geneva, and many other uh, canons um, in a book that Messiah Yahushua quoted himself. Listen, listen to this. Two Esdras. Uh, 13. These are the ten tribes which were led away from their own land into captivity in the days of King Hoshea, whom Shalmaneser, the king of the Assyrians, led captive. He took them across the river, and they were taken into another land. But they formed this plan for themselves, that they would leave the multitude of the nations and go to a more distant region where mankind had never lived. What land do you think that is? And there, at least, they might keep their statutes, which they had not kept in their own land. And they went in by the narrow passages of the Euphrates. Euphrates rivers for at that time the most high performed signs for them and stopped the channels of river until they passed over 
Through that region, there was a long way to go, a journey of a year and a half, and that country is called Arzareth. And many people and myself do believe that this Arzareth is America, the United States of America. Then they dwelt there until the last times and now when they are about to come again. And uh, isn't it interesting that it's been exactly 400 years since uh, the first ships arrove, uh, arrived here in America? Uh, was, it the, was it the Mayflower, I think? Um and really, I mean, I know there was Jamestown before then, but really started to populate this uh, this country. Um, a lot of you, a lot of you listening, probably I think eighty percent of the listeners of this channel are uh, live in the United States of America. But again, even you living living in uh, the Easleys, living in Lithuania, I shouldn't have said your name, sorry. But <laughs> anyway, we're scattered all over the all over the world. You are the children of the Most High. You are Israel, and you're scattered all, all abroad. And so this message applies to you. Listen to Ezra's 15, 1 through 27. Remember, remember when I said that we're right exactly where we were uh, when the children of Israel were getting ready to come out of the land of Egypt. We're, we're in that place now. Uh, I mean, think about it. You know, while they killed the male children um, after they were born, um, you know, they oppressed them in so many different ways. I mean, think about it. Why do you th why do you think that we're we're living in a time where uh, they purposefully try to harm our children and in a lot of instances kill our children or maybe even bring them to the point of death where uh, they become servants to the medical system and pharmacia um, and whatever else? It's the same thing. It's population control. It's um, it's many things. It's mental manipulation. It's mental servitude and quite frankly, until we're living in our land of promise and living under the Torah fully and living with Messiah Husha, uh, we are going to be bond servants to the, the land that we're living in. I mean, your social, what do you think your social security card is? What do you think your birth certificate is? What do you think your licenses are? Uh, these are permissions, right? As, um, as servants. Now, again, we know that we are um, servants to the Most High and to His Son, Messiah Yahusha. Uh, but until He's gathered us, we're still in dispersion. We're still living in a land that's not ours. We're still living in, uh, we're sojourning in a foreign land. Just like uh, the Most High said to Avraham, you and your and your children will sojourn in the land uh, 400 years and will be oppressed, and then I'll come and visit you. Well, isn't it interesting that, again, this isn't just, this message does not just apply to Americans, but isn't it interesting that the majority of us are living in America, and most of us um, have been living here. We've been dwelling in this land for roughly 400 years, and here we are in the end times, uh, ready for the plagues of Egypt to begin, and for the Most High to bring His people out of captivity, uh, and to bring Him uh, into His arms and bear Him, bear us on eagles' wings as He did before. To Ezra's 15, 1 through 27, Yahuwah says, Behold, speak in the ears of my people the words of the prophecy which I will put in your mouth and cause them to be written on paper for they are trustworthy and true. Do not fear the plots against you. Right? So even though I'm bringing this up, don't fear the plots against you. Do not fear the plots against you and do not be troubled by the unbelief of those who oppose you. For every unbeliever shall die in his unbelief or in his faithlessness. We know that you know people want to use the, the term that we're saved by faith, where I believe we're saved by faithfulness, uh, which is uh, faithfulness is shown by our belief and our actions and the words and the thoughts and the swelling of our heart. Behold, says Yahuwah, I bring evils upon the world. You notice he says he brings them. Revelation 17, 17 says that, uh, paraphrasing that, 
The Most High puts all these ideas in the enemy's minds to bring about the end times and to do his will. He said, The Most High says, I bring evils upon the world, the sword and famine and death and destruction. For iniquity has spread throughout every land and their harmful deeds have reached their limit. Therefore, says Yahuwah, I will be silent no longer concerning their ungodly deeds which they impiously commit. Neither will I tolerate their wicked practices. Behold, innocent and righteous blood cries out to me and the souls of the righteous cry out continually. I will surely avenge them, says Yahuwah, and will receive to myself all the innocent blood from among them. Behold, Listen carefully. Behold, my people is led like a flock to the slaughter. I will not allow them to live any longer in the land of Egypt, but I will bring them out with a mighty hand and with an uplifted arm and will smite Egypt with plagues as before and will destroy all of its land. Brothers and sisters, what did we say from the outset of this? There is nothing new under the sun. You are currently living in Rome 2.0, in Egypt, in Babylon, whatever you want to call it. He's coming. He is coming to get us. But we need to be, we need to have a plan moving forward until he comes, which is to deal wisely. As they're dealing craftily with us, let us deal wisely back. And we'll smite Egypt with plagues as before and will destroy all its land. Let Egypt mourn and its foundations for the plague of chastisement and punishment that Yahweh will bring upon it. Let the farmers that till the ground mourn because their seed shall fail and their trees shall be ruined by blight and hail and by a terrible tempest. Alas, for the world and for those who live in it, for the sword and misery draw near them and nation shall rise up to fight against nation with swords in their hands. For there shall be unrest among men growing strong against one another. And they shall in their might have no respect for their king or for the chief of their leaders. Boy, isn't that interesting? Are we living in a time like that? Not to say that these people are to be respected uh, or to um, to be honored, because I'm I, I fully believe that uh, almost all the world leaders are part of the um, the brotherhood, if you will, if you if you will. They shall have in their might have no respect for their king over their leaders. For a man will desire to go into a city and shall not be able. Lockdowns. For because of their pride, the city shall be in confusion. The houses shall be destroyed and people shall be afraid. That's what they're selling 24-7 right now is fear, 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 fear. A man shall have no pity upon his neighbors, but shall make an assault upon their houses with a sword and plunder their goods because of hunger and for bread and because of great tribulation. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Doesn't say he doesn't care for you and love you and not going to regather you and bring you into this. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Behold, says Elohim, I call together all the kings of the earth to fear me from the rising of the sun and from the south and from the east and from Lebanon to turn and repay what they have given them. Just as they have done to my elect unto this day, so I will do and will repay into their bosom. So you can get mad at the, the, the ruling elite. Again, elite, all you want. They're going to get theirs. They really are. Thus says Yahweh Elohinu. I'm not saying and I'm not saying, you know, like them or, or appreciate. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying instead of wasting your time, um, you know, being angry at these people, let's be prudent. Let's be wise. Let's be like the Levites. Thus says Yahweh Eloheinu, my right hand will not spare the sinners and my sword will not cease from those who shed innocent blood on the earth and a fire will go forth from his wrath and will consume the foundations of the earth and the sinners like straw that is kindled. Woe to those who sin and do not observe my commandments, says Yahweh. Now we're really getting to the meat of what's important. 
I will not spare them. Depart, you faithless children. Do not pollute my sanctuary. This sounds exactly what like what Messiah says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. He says, many, and if you look up the word that's used, many, that means the most of the people. Most of the people will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name is cast out many devils. And in your name have done many wonderful works. Right? did exorcisms they did uh you know they called upon his name they uh they did many for wonderful works maybe maybe they've they uh did many great things but what it doesn't he do he says he says i don't know you away from me you workers of iniquity you lawless people he says i know ne- i never knew you first john 2 3 says uh, 3 through 4 says herein is how we know that we know him if we keep it if we keep his commandments so he knows you if you keep his commandments he that says i know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar that's first john 2 4 is a liar and the truth the torah is not in him so what is this saying right Woe to those who sin and do not observe my commandments, says Yahuwah. I will not spare them. Depart, you faithless children. Away from me, you faithless children. Do not pollute my sanctuary, right? No one coming. No one's going to go into New Jerusalem that doesn't keep his commandments, period. For Yahuwah knows all who transgress against him. Therefore, he will hand them over to death and to slaughter. For now calamities have come upon the whole earth, and you shall remain in them, for Elohim will not deliver you because you have sinned against him. You can say, oh, that's not fair. I, you know, I believe, or, or you know, my family members, they, they believe, but they don't keep his commandments. You're saying that the Most High is going to deliver them over to the death and slaughter? What, is this, what do the scriptures always tell us? What happened at Mount Sinai with the 3,000 that disobeyed? What happened to Korah and the rebellion? What happened to the children of Israel? that had the inheritance and didn't keep his commandments. What happened? They were starved to death and they literally ate their own children uh, and died. You can say unfair to the Most High all you want, but he's given you proper uh, warning all throughout his scriptures. For those that keep his ways, they will be protected. Revelation 3, 7 through 10, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Which is twofold. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved you. Why? Because you have kept the word of my patience. I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This happens one time. That's the great tribulation. So for those that keep his works, he has an open door to New Jerusalem for you. Those that don't, just like the foolish virgins, the door will be shut on you. Luke 21, 25 through 26, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So are you going to have fear of what's coming on the earth? Are you going to have fear of the Most High and hearken to his word and be obedient to his voice with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your might? And that's what faithfulness really looks like. Luke twenty one thirty six. 
Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we can sit here and worry about this and worry about that or we can be worried about what the circum what the outcome would be how do if we not keep the Most High's commandments. That's the kind of fear I want. I want the fear of the Most High and what He could do to me or what uh, what what could happen to me and my family if I if I don't keep the commandments of the Most High? That's the fear that I want, and that's the fear that I want you to have, brothers and sisters. Psalm ninety one. Everybody loves this passage, right? It's a passage of protection, of divine intervention, divine promise from the Most High to guard you and to keep you up and to hold you up with His angels. But there's a prerequisite. We talked about this earlier this year. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is the protection of New Jerusalem. I will say of Yahuwah, He is my refuge and my fortress, my Elohim. In Him will I trust. I'm not going to trust in these apparatuses over the faces and things that get injected into bodies and into the fear that they're selling. I'm going to buy into the fear the Most High is selling. He said, fear me. He said, fear me and seek ye my face. And what happens? Our heart said unto him, your face, Yahuwah, will I seek. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings thou shalt trust. Here's the kicker right here. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And uh, we know that Psalm 119, 142 defines the truth as, that's right, his Torah, his commandments, his precepts, his judgments, his mercies, his ordinances, all of it. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh unto you. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made Yahuwah, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder. The lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Why? Because he hath set his love upon me. And we're going to finish up this study on what love really looks like. At least loving that most high, what that looks like. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. And his name is uh, is not uh, it's not God. It's not Lord. And, uh, you know, we can sit here and uh, go back and forth, whether it's Yahuwah or Yahweh or uh, Yahuwah um, or Yehovah, but uh, we can at least agree it's, it's not Lord, it's not God. Call upon his name, the best that you understand it and know it at this point. I'm sure he'll meet, uh, meet your faith in that matter. But really, what is really important is what is his name. His name is his persona, his character, his who he is and the Torah defines who he is and the Torah defines what is good what is bad and what love really looks like and we'll uh, finish up with Deuteronomy 6 in a second he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him with long life will I satisfy him and will show him my salvation praise be to Yahuwah Deuteronomy six. We're gonna talk. We're gonna finish up with this chapter, and we'll be. We're gonna be done with this. Uh, this study. Deuteronomy six one. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which Yahweh Lahaikam commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you go to possess it, that you might fear Yahuwah 
to guard all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your son's son, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Yashrael, and guard to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily, as Yahweh Elohai of your fathers has promised you, in the land that flows with milk and honey. And listen, brothers and sisters, we are waiting for that land of inheritance and promise. And he's told you what you need to do to enter into that land. Hear, O Yashrael, Yahuwah, Eloheinu, Yahuwah is one. Hear and obey. Hear and hearken to the words of the Most High. Listen. And you shall love Yahuwah Elohika. Now we're getting into love. You shall love Yahuwah Elohika with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And he's going to tell you how to do that. And these words which I command you this day shall be in your heart. That's how you love him. You love him by keeping his commandments. And you might say, well, well, you know, isn't love just loving our father in, and, and loving, you know, our neighbor as ourselves? Well, yeah, exactly. The great news is the Torah ex- gives you black and white all throughout what that actually looks like. Because it's easy to say, oh, love your neighbor. Well, how do you do it? Show me. The Torah shows you how to do it. And you could say, well, the Torah, the Torah is written on my heart. So, you know, I, that means I just do what my heart says. Well, that's not exactly, that's not what he's saying at all. Because we know that Jeremiah says the heart is wicked uh, and deceitful above all things, and who can you know um, who can trust it or who can bear it? Or I'm, I'm loosely quoting, excuse me. But what it means to have your Torah, have the Torah on your heart, is to actually meditate on it and actually do it. Uh, just a side a sidetrack, really, really quick here. We're gonna look at. Uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Right? This is the delight. This is what it means to have the Torah in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Again, there's no coincidence that the mark of the beast is also symbolically in the hand or in the forehead. And you shall write them upon the posts of your house and on your gates, and it shall be when Yahweh shall have brought you into the land which he swore unto your fathers, to Avraham, to Yitzchak, and to Yaakov, to give you great and goodly cities which you built not, and houses full of all good things which you filled not, and wells dug which you dug not, and vineyards and olive trees which you planted not, when you shall have eaten and be full. Now listen, if we're to be found worthy to enter into New Jerusalem, is not this the same thing? Didn't didn't Messiah Yahusha say he's going to go prepare a place? Wasn't uh, isn't uh, isn't New Jerusalem going to become completely built and ready? Aren't you going to inherit houses and vineyards that you did not build or plant? Yes. Then beware, lest you forget Yahuwah, which brought you forth out of the land of Mitzrayim from the house of bondage. Were you not taken out of the house of bondage, which is called sin? You shall fear Yahweh Lahaika and serve him and shall swear by his name. You shall not go after other Elohim, the Elohim of the people which are round about you, for Yahweh Lahaika is a jealous El among you. Lest the anger of Yahweh Lahaika be kindled against you and destroy you from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt Yahweh Lahaika as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently guard the commandments of Yahweh Lahaika and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. 
And you shall do that which is right and good in the sight of Yahuwah, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land which Yahuwah swore unto your fathers, to cast out all your enemies from before you, as Yahuwah spoken. Oh, vain man, has he not told you from the beginning how to be well and how to be prosperous in the land? Did he not tell you to keep his commandments? Will you wonder why there is sickness and death and poverty and, and famine and evil ruling the land? It's the curse. It's the curse for not keeping the commandments. And when your son asks you in time come, saying, What mean the testimonies and statutes and the judgments which Yahweh Eloheinu has commanded you? Then you shall say unto your son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Mitzrayim. We were bondmen. We were we were slaves and debtors. Well, we may still be in this land, right? And Yahuwah brought us out of Mitzrayim with a mighty hand. He's bringing us out spiritually, but we're truly waiting for the day he comes and takes us out physically. And Yahuwah showed signs and wonders and great and sore upon Mitzrayim, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And Yahuwah commanded us to do all these statutes to fear Yahuwah Elohim for our good always. You want to escape the wrath that's to come? You want to escape all these things? You want to not suffer persecution? You want to not uh, be put forced into a place of famine? Put your trust in the Most High. Right? Seek Him. He will be able to tell you exactly what you need to be doing to prepare for what's coming. And if He tells you just to sit around, then that's you know that's what He tells you. I can't, I can't tell you what to do. But on a spiritual, on a spiritual side, because again, I think this this war is has two fronts to it. It's a physical and it's a spiritual war, and we need to be prudent on both sides. To be prudent on the spiritual side and to be lackadaisical on the physical side, uh, I think is foolish. To be prudent on the physical side and to be lax on the on the spiritual side, I think is foolish. But again, I'm not your daddy. I'm just your brother. That he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And now listen, this is this is it. This is this culminates the study. And it shall be our righteousness if we guard to do all these commandments before Yahweh Eloheinu as he commanded us. I don't care what anybody else has said. Um keeping the Torah shall be our righteousness. Truly, we're brought back to the Father in faith in Messiah Yahusha. But this is how we're to walk and this is how we're to act. Brothers and sisters, I pray that uh, maybe you were able to glean something from this. Um, if not, uh, then in praise Yah, we were able to gather together and to abide in His Word. And um, may Yahweh be blessed forever and ever. And uh, let's depart with a little bit of prayer. <clears throat> Spiral hearts. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah, Most High, the Elohim of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, we just come before you and we just call upon your name. And we call upon your name in Yahusha's name. And we just ask you to, um, to show us, to show us exactly how we're to prepare ourselves, both physically and uh, mentally and spiritually. Uh, for the return of Messiah Yahushua and the things that are coming on this earth beforehand. Let none of us fear the inhabitants of the land as the, the evil report of the ten spies had given. Let us not be uh, reckoned amongst them, but let us be like your two faithful, like Caleb and Joshua. Let us be like them and to know that you shall deliver us from all if we would just hearken to your commandments and to have faithfulness towards you and to believe in your Messiah Yahushua and to walk as he walked. We love you, we bless you, and we thank you for opening our eyes in, these in this late, late hour. We know this can only come from you. 
We see the blindness upon many, and we thank you for giving us eyes to see and ears to hear, that we may believe and that we may hearken to your word as you've so committed the children of Israel for all eternity. We love you and we bless you. Amen and amen. Yevarechecha Yahuwah Veyish Merecha Yaer Yahuwah Panavelecha Vechuneka Yisa Yahuwah Panavelecha Veyasem Lecha Shalom Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Yahuwah make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. Shabbat shalom, or no, shalom brothers and sisters. We'll see you tomorrow for uh, our Shabbat gathering. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword My hand destroys them 
You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you? Oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones. Who is like you? Great in Kodeshah, awesome in praises. Working wonders, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelasheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, oh Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over, you bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, oh Yahuwah. Which you have made for your own dwelling, the meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns for.